What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Christian Chick. It is Amanda back with another episode. Y'all, like when I tell you things have just been so, I'm going to say interesting because I don't want to say any bad words. (laughs) Like I don't want to say any negative words. But things have been so interesting these last couple of weeks. I'm actually recording this episode during this time. I had done some change of plans, I say. And, you know, I was just thinking, you know, we're in March. And it's by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be the last Thursday of March. And I'm like, I wanted to make this episode relevant. And the... The woman I originally picked, a great woman, but just not as relevant as this woman that I'm doing now. And that is what's going on. So, you know, if you're living in the world, we are in the middle of what they're calling a pandemic. And um, man, it's just been a crazy experience. But you know what? God is good, right? Because throughout it all, Throughout this whole experience, I'm able to see areas where God is just coming through, coming through, making a way, changing situations, and it's just undeniable how good he really is. So I really do hope that you guys are all safe. I hope that you are keeping safe. I hope that you are following the guidelines and protecting yourself and your families. I hope you're getting along with your family, you know, being locked up in the house together. And I just hope that you're well, like all around, physically, mentally, emotionally. I just hope that you're all well. And um, yeah, so wow, like 2020. But one thing I can say is God is going to turn this whole situation around. And, you know, this year has started off how it started off, but we all going to rejoice when it's all said and done. So I'm going to speak that and I'm going to claim that and I'm going to put a stamp on that. Because my God does not fail. So, um, like I said, we are at the last Thursday of March. And that means we are on our last woman of the Bible. And I'm just going to say, I personally, I don't know about y'all, but I personally have just, I've learned a lot. You know, it's really giving me an opportunity to see these women in a different perspective And I really do appreciate that because me being a woman myself, I just want to be the best woman that I can be, right? And I want to definitely be that woman God has created me to be. So I'm just trying to take like little tidbits from all these women and just apply them to myself and just be a dope female, like, you know? So today we are doing a woman named Hannah. I know most of you guys know who Hannah is. And she has an amazing story. And the reason I felt like she was relevant, like I'll get into it, but I felt like she was more relevant. To be transparent, I was going to do Deborah. Amazing story too. You can read Judges 4 and 5. But Hannah seems to be more relevant for what we're going through now. So what I'm going to do first, I'm just going to read pretty much her story and then just get into it. So let's get started. So the reading starts from 1 Samuel chapter 1, 
And I'm going to be picking it up from verse. Let me see what verse I'll pick it up from because I don't want to read all this other stuff. Yeah, so I guess I'm just going to pick it up from verse 2. It says, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. Y'all remember how I am with these names in the Bible, so just forgive me. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. So I just want you guys to like highlight that verse. It goes, because the Lord had kept her from having children, because I think that's very interesting. So verse seven says, year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Uh, no, it's not, Elkanah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, verse 9. It goes, Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O lords of heaven army, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So I think I'm going to stop right there just because um, there's a lot going on. So basically, we have a man that has two wives. Pretty normal custom back then, and even some people now, but hey. <laughs> um, so he has two wives. Basically, one wife has children. She has sons and daughters. And then Hannah, our girl, doesn't have any children. Penina is the wife that has children. She basically mocks Hannah and taunts her that, you know, hi, you don't have any kids, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, that's very upsetting um, to Hannah. So she, you know, she's just upset about it. Very understandable. And for me, it's just interesting because back then, like having children was just a really important thing. And even in some cultures today, it's like they just you have to have children or else like they don't even take your marriage seriously. So um, it's just really important. So it's really sad to see the fact that this is happening to Hannah. You know, what is one to do? So. I just want to start talking about what we can actually learn from Hannah. So, you know, the first thing that I do want to bring up is the fact that Hannah continuously went to God despite not getting what she wanted. And we know that because it says that every year they would go to Shiloh and they would offer their sacrifices. Hannah could have easily been like, bro, I'm not going. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going there for? You and your sec you and your wife, I don't know if it was a second wife, you and your wife are going with all your children, and here I am, empty, 
Like, why would I still go? You know what I mean? And relate that to some of us today. Some of us, we don't technically have what we want. And it's like, you know what? I am not going to church or I don't feel like fasting. I don't feel like praying. You know, we just feel defeated. But I think it was just important to note that Hannah continuously went to offer her sacrifices, even though she may not have been that happy or she may not have what she technically really wanted. My homegirl was still going and showing up is the first step. Right. We all know that that's the first step. Right. So the other verse I wanted to note was the verse that said, so Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. So when I first read that, I was like, yo, that seems kind of like, like, I don't want to say harsh, but it's like, it's literally stating that it's the Lord that kept her from having children. But then, you know, when I started getting into the story and I started kind of reading it, it made sense to me because one thing I realized is when God wants something to happen, it will happen. So there are certain times in our lives where we're praying for things and um, it may not be happening right away because we have to remember God is not a genie. You know what I mean? It's not like, hey, God, I, you know, I want this and then boom. You know, sometimes we do get things quicker right? But sometimes it's like, wait a second, you know what I mean? Because you're praying for something, are you ready for it? Right? There have been times where I've been praying, and I think I've said this before, like I've been praying for things and then I got it and I was like, ooh, this is a bigger task than I expected. You know what I mean? So it's like, we pray for things and the timing is not right. We may not see that with our own human eyes, but God knows, like, listen, what you think is going to be a blessing, if I give it to you right now, it's not going to be what you think. It may actually end up being a bigger burden because you are not prepared for it. You are not ready for it and you're not even taking the steps to get ready. And I think back and I thank God that he didn't answer some of the prayers that I wanted because I would have fumbled. Like... I would have messed it up severely. So when it says that the Lord kept her from having children, God knows what he's doing. So I'm not saying specifically it's because Hannah wasn't ready for a child, but there was obviously a reason why she didn't have a child when she wanted it. Samuel needed to be born at a specific time, and that time wasn't then. So one thing to remember is, and you know, I tell myself this, I don't think God despises our earthly desires, right? So when we pray for certain things, I know we may be thinking like, oh, this isn't happening because it seems like um, this is like a selfish request. Like, oh, if you're praying for a job or if you're praying for a spouse or a child, God isn't mad at us, you know, when we ask for those things, especially if our heart is pure, right? Especially if we are our eyes are fixed on him. And um, so I don't want you to feel guilty when you are praying for these things because God knows and he cares. So if you don't have them, that's not the reason, right? But tap into God a little bit more just to figure out, you know what, God, I have been praying for this thing or I have been fasting for this thing. Tell me, is there something that I'm doing to block this from happening? Or is there something that you want me to do before this specific thing happens? And he'll definitely guide you regarding that. So I'm going to pick back up from verse 12. It says, as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. 
Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant your request you have asked him. Oh, thank you, sir, she she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat and she was no longer sad. Aww. So here's kind of like the third thing that we can pick up from Hannah. Um, Hannah had enough faith to still pray and make a vow to God. So the reason I was saying that it was so relevant, because in this time that we're in and we're dealing with like a virus and, you know, something that's literally affecting the whole world. One thing I've noticed is that, well, I'll speak for myself, is that I prayed about it like, God, you know, basically take this virus away and then that was it you know it's like all right but what I learned from Hannah is that that constant intentional prayer like to pray without ceasing to constantly pray when you're praying for the same thing over and over again it's hard because you start to get discouraged it's like you know what is this thing really gonna happen you know praying for the same thing over and over and over again. Trust me, y'all. I know that it's hard because I'm going through that now in my own life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm about to hang it up because it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But then I have to remember, like, wait a minute. Am I not serving the king of kings? You know, because if you think about it, the little sacrifice that you... So let's let me just put this into context. Let's say you're praying for something and let's say you fast for 30 days. And I want to be, all right, let's say you're praying for a job, right? You have a specific job in mind. The job pays really well. And you know what? You fast and um, you fast for 30 days, right? That 30-day sacrifice is nothing compared to, you know, the years that you're going to have enjoying that job. You get what I mean? So it's like when you pray for something and you fast for something, the sacrifice that you make is never actually worth the blessing that you get does that make sense like basically what I'm trying to say is you ain't really doing nothing compared to what God is actually going to give you like you don't really deserve it based off of oh I'm gonna just do this you know little 10-day fast or I'm gonna just you know (laughs) stop sleeping with my boyfriend it's like that's a sacrifice you think you're making but like what you're gonna get because of that is gonna be so mind-blowing so For me, what I learned is to pray without ceasing, like to keep praying, to keep praying. I don't care how long it's been, if it's been years, if it's been months, whatever, keep praying. Right. And that's what Hannah did all these years. She's been praying for her son, you know, to experience, you know, praying that sort of prayer. And you see people around you having children and you have a sister wife that has, you know, It doesn't say how many children she has, but it says sons and daughters. Like, imagine how hard that must have been to live your life on a daily basis to have to to have to see that. But she still kept praying. And then the part I like about here is where it says, verse 18, it goes, Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. To me, that just shows me that at that point, she left it in God's hands. She's like, listen, I've been praying, I've been praying. I've made this vow to you. Now I'm not going to cry about this anymore. I'm not going to be sad about this anymore. It's completely in your hands, God. And for me, 
I mean, that sticks out to me because sometimes I get so discouraged. And it's like, are are you going to keep living your life just like waiting for the next thing, waiting for the next thing? What about this moment that you're in right now? Can you enjoy it? Because it's God that put you here. Do you remember that you once prayed to be where you're at now? I get that you want some other things, but enjoy where you are now. Leave it in God's hands. And that's what Hannah did. She went back and began to eat again. I feel like God is telling me, eat again. Like, I'm I'm working this out for you, but you just need to just enjoy yourself. You know, enjoy where you're at now. I'm going to fix everything, and I'm going to make it all better. A lot of us, we're home. We're complaining about being home. Uh, there were some of us that wanted to work from home for years. Now we all working from home. Now we want to go back to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like there's going to come a time where we are all going to have to go back to work. I don't want to hear not one complaint from nobody. <laughs> like, and I'm speaking to myself, of course, but it's like enjoy where you're at now. At this exact moment, just enjoy where you're at now. Far too often, we're always trying to get the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. We forget and we don't even take in the position that we're in now. So, you know, that part of the story really does stick out to me. Um, And I just think it's dope. Like, she finally had that rest. Like, you know what? It's in God's hands and that's it. That's it. So... Verse 19 goes, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. The Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went up to their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, wait until the boy is weaned, then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now and may the Lord help you keep your promise. I like the fact that he um, pretty much just, you know, encouraged her and, well, that's a whole nother story. Anyway, so she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought, they brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. So two things I'm going to just like take from this. Number one is an obvious thing. Um, she kept her she kept her vow. Right. Like that's hard for some of us. It's like, God, if you do this, I'm going to do this. God does this and it's crickets on our end. That's why it's like, don't even make promises to God, because nine times out of ten. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But what I do love about her is that she did keep her promise. Um, You know, a lot of us is like, you know, if I get this job, I'm going to pay my tithes. Mm. Or if I get this, um, you know, this marriage, 
this marriage is going to honor you, mm, you know? So if you are going to make a vow to God, take it seriously because God is always going to keep his end of the bargain, right? So keep yours. Keep your end of the bargain. Like he is God, you know what I mean? And and just to clarify, you don't have to bargain with God to get things. I'm not saying that, but I know that there are some people that, you know, make vows or they sow seeds. So if you are going to do that, make sure you keep your end of it. And that's really much, that's pretty much all I even want to say about that, you know. But then the next point I want to bring up is that she shared her testimony. And um, I feel like that's dope. A lot of us, you know, we make it through some really... Um, intense situations and we never share our testimonies. It's like, you don't know how your testimony is going to bless another person. You know, she went back to Eli like, yo, sir, it's me. Like, remember me? I was once barren. Now look, I have a child. Here he is, you know? And so sometimes we tend to forget what God brought us out of, maybe intentionally or unintentionally, but you don't go through anything just for yourself. Sometimes it's for the benefit of another person. So whenever you've gone through something and you've made it through and it's like God really came through for you, share your testimony. Share it. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. Your story can bless thousands of people. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. God has delivered you. So go back. Give God praise. Share that testimony. You know, and... um. Doors will, even more doors will be opened, I believe. So, um, I, so that's First Samuel, right? I do want to read some snippets of First Samuel chapter 2, just because it's like, ah, I'm going to just read it and then I'll talk about it after. So it goes, Hannah's prayer of praise. This is First Samuel chapter 2. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer from my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Here's the part that I love. <laughs> Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well-fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises some up. And it just goes on and on, but basically what it's saying is like, don't let anyone make a mockery of you because God has the final say. You may not have what they have right now, or, you know, they may taunt you because they're at a better stage in life about you. But when God does it for you, honey, <laughs> like God doesn't do anything halfway. He always, I look back in my own life. I'm like, yo, like God, you really showed out with this one. Like this is undeniably you. You know what I mean? So Hannah is basically giving praise now. It's like, listen, you once laughed at me. You once made a mockery of me, but I serve a living God. And he came through for me and he will always come through. So in a time like this where things seem so uncertain and people are, you know, afraid or worried, just know that God is going to come through. 
Like, as children of God, we are always going to come out on top. There is no reason to be anxious. There is no reason to be afraid. Continuously pray. Continuously seek God. Continuously give him praise. And everything will always work out. It's a guarantee. It's God that we're serving. Let's not forget that. It's a guarantee that he will work everything out for us. That's the story of Hannah, um, a barren woman that she actually went on to have not just one child, but even three more children, I believe. So it just goes to show you that when God does it, he does it all the way. So I just want you guys to be encouraged, be blessed. Um, Of course, read up more about Hannah or any of the other women that are in the Bible. And I hope that this whole women study blessed you in any way, even if it was just one of the women, you know, this is good with me. Um, I really do appreciate you guys. I hope you guys are all staying safe and just be encouraged. Just be encouraged no matter what. Be encouraged. And of course, follow Confessions of a Christian Chick on Instagram or send an email to Confessions of a Christian Chick at gmail.com. And I will catch you guys next Thursday. Bye.